Hello, everyone, and welcome to another riveting edition of Under the Floorboards, where we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night. I am your host, John, joined as always by my beautiful co-host, Eric. Eric, how are you this week? Dude, I'm all right. How are you? I'm feeling fabulous, but it's like a little bit better than fabulous. I don't yeah. know. What it, it's This is kind of new. I think we've been walking on cloud nine a little bit lately yeah. with everything that's been going for season two so far, mm-hmm. which thank you guys for joining us for that. But I'm actually like... You know, when we were texting last night, or like, do you want to go see Evil Dead Rise? He was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was one of those things where, like, this week is a little bit lighter, which is kind of nice because, you know, you guys are still getting an episode. We're getting a little bit of a break and we're not dealing with nearly as much technical shit mm-hmm. as we have been with, um, dude, oh, fucking audio to visual is fucking hard. <laughs> I know. I used to make fun of those kids for being nerds in school, and now I know why. Yeah. Because you have to be a nerd to be good at this shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we saw Evil Dead Rise yep. this week, which was super fucking exciting. So we're going to talk about that. Um, let let it be known now, this is going to be full of fucking spoilers. So yeah. this is your last chance to turn back. Yep. Because there's just no point in talking about a movie if you can't talk about a movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, that's why we haven't done Wolf Hollow yet, Mm -hmm. is we're waiting to do it, like, with Mark. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Um, But anyways, we'll we'll get on uh, some of our more baseline stuff. Like, what's your first impression? My first impression is this is a, eh. Yeah. 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 You know? It and it, it like the thing is, is it, <laughs> I read a couple of like reviews about it earlier, some spoil free, spoiler free reviews from people who were on IMDb and shit and just talking about their experience with the movie and all that. Um, the echoing point that everybody was making that was rating this in like the five to six territory was that I can't quite put my finger on what I didn't like about it, but something just felt off. Mm-hmm. And I kind of know what they're talking about. For me, I think I I think I do actually know for me what it is, and we'll get into that here a little bit in a minute. But um, my first impression was uh, I thought this movie was good. Yeah, like I thought it, I think it, I think it was a strong and solid movie. Um, I loved the world that they put it into. Mm-hmm. I loved like seeing this on maybe not necessarily a total metropolitan level. Um, but seeing it as like you know we're in an apartment complex and all of this shit and i i thought it i thought it was a lot of fun i think there were some you know maybe not legendary shots when you put it next to everything else that the evil dead's done i know what you mean but there is definitely like their shots that will be known and will be put into right. your brain right yeah and and that's the thing right i mean there's there's nothing fundamentally flawed with this movie totally there there are no lines that aren't delivered well there's no plot devices that don't work or anything like mm-hmm. that it's shot beautifully some of the acting performances were great mm-hmm. but <laughs> i mean the, our, our uh is it lily allen is that her name i had it pulled up <laughs> but, but there is a person called lily allen i don't know if they had anything I'm, to do with i'm fairly <laughs> certain that is the deadite or the person that played like the mother in this movie mm-hmm. Alyssa sutherland Alyssa sutherland mm-hmm. okay who was Lily Allen then? Or am I just making that up? Lily point? Sullivan was Beth. Lily Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes more sense. Oh, that's, we got a Sullivan and a Sutherland. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have to read a cast list today. <laughs> but yeah, that was a brilliant performance as a deadite. Um, yeah. Very creepy. Well, and it was very uh, personable. And I think like when you compare it to like Fede Alvarez's version, uh, yes, everybody at the cabin was friends, but this is like real deep 
family roots mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I, I, I mean, I thought I thought that part of it was fun, mm-hmm. you know, and it made it a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. But um, what, what do you want to get into about it? Um, let's just go ahead and like, I guess talk about how the movie moves through the plot and how this connects with the mm-hmm. evil dead verse. Cause this is Canon. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. This is not a, a, a branch away or anything like that. That just has nothing to do. It's not a reboot. It's not, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, um, we, we have the book, it gets discovered in the bottom of a, uh, right underneath a, uh, like a parking garage, I think is where it was. And mm-hmm. it ultimately used to be like a bank and it was in a bank vault with the vinyl records that doctor, what's mm-hmm. his name recorded and everything right um and of course the earthquake was a plot device <laughs> <laughs> but of course the kid you know one of the children there are three and one of the children the the very the, androgynous the, children the, the <laughs> hidden, yeah just, just notably like that was the first thing i noticed was i was like is Danny short for Daniel or right. Danielle? Or, right. And I'm not trying to sound judgmental. I just wanted to know no. for respect of like the character. <laughs> it was definitely like a modern family. Not not like not like the <laughs> yeah. show Modern Family, but it was like the mom is single. Mm-hmm. She's a tattoo artist. The boy is a DJ, and you know the two girls are like. One of them is like, I want to go to this protest tomorrow. I have to find my good black T-shirt to wear. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's just that kind of vibe in the household. She's Everybody was super her, cool, though. She's looking for like her. Don't blame me. I voted for Bernie shirt. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, and there's some trauma and there's some shit going on. Um, uh, I think her name was Ellie. Was the was the mother's name? Mm-hmm. Um, had recently been left by dad, the father of these three children and everything. So everybody's just kind of trying to put pieces back together um but yeah they they find the the records in the book itself and bring it up into the house and of course the dj kid immediately like and this this is why i think the only reason he was made into a dj is to lubricate this <laughs> you know? but he immediately starts playing refresh right immediately starts playing the records um and while this is happening you have beth who's kind of our main character for a lack of a better yeah, way of totally. putting it um, is in the house as well. She's uh, recently found out that she's pregnant and she's kind of going to her sister to look for advice, just slash spend some time with the family. And they're beefing because the older sister never, you know, she never got back to her about the divorce or whatever. Yeah. Cause, and so there's some beef. Yeah. Cause Beth even like gets into it and she's like, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you tell me what was going on? Right. And she goes, well, the first time I called you and let you know that we were getting divorced. The second time I called you, I told you that he left. That was two and a half months ago. Mm-hmm. And like the look on Beth's face was just yeah. like, Oh yeah. no. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, bitch. Like, Am I the drama? <laughs> <laughs> Did I just gaslight her? Yeah. <laughs> So she gets called the fuck out, and it was funny. But yeah, all this is going down, and of course we hear the conda. Con, conda, straight out of conda, straight out of conda, Montusi. And I thought it was funny too that that was Bruce Campbell's voice on the the record. Right, that was that was a really cool. Who, who was the homie that came and saw it with us that called that out? I, I can't I'm horrible with names. Oh, I'm that sorry. was Jamie. Jamie, um, yeah. And Jamie IMDb'd it, so he cheated. <laughs> it's like me when I don't know how to win an argument, so I just Google the correct answer. <laughs> well, I, I, again, I thought, that was, I thought that was a lot cooler than, like, the end of uh, Fede Alvarez's when it yeah. was, like, just Bruce Campbell. 
groovy. And that felt like fan service and like the kind of fan service that isn't productive to yeah it's like oh yeah there's my boy but it hit the same way it's like we don't know if bruce campbell's coming back to the series or not and mm-hmm. it seems like the intention is there but that would kind of be like at the end of avengers them introducing thanos and him not showing up for another three or four avengers movies right, right. you know what i mean <laughs> um so yeah i totally know what you're talking about yeah and you know the plot as you're saying kind of develops where you know dj jazzy jeff throws on and spins the records mm-hmm. and the be- the best part is like the incantation wasn't even on like one record it was right. on the b-side of right. like a di- uh, 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 fucking record yeah. two. <laughs> and he's like the this was actually one of my favorite shots and eric actually audibly laughed at this where he's like trying to stop the record because he feels the evil coming off of the incantations mm-hmm. and the needle shocks the shit out yeah. of him. <laughs> Get off me, bitch. Evil transcends physics. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I mean, the mom's walking on ceilings right. and shit. That much needs to be said ahead of time. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. And, um, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um that sequence was also funny because like it was so fucking modern too, like mm-hmm. with the resurgence of vinyl and people using like analog DJ equipment and stuff again and that kind of thing. Um, and Beth actually comes into the room and she's, she like calls it vinyl. I need to listen to that vinyl mm-hmm. instead of listen to that record or that <laughs> recording or something, which you would have called it back when that was recorded. You know what I mean? Right. You, it's just, it's, it's funny how many like kind of modern takes and twists there are on the vernacular. As Got it applies two to turntables and a microphone. That's what I'm saying. Dead eye set. Fat boy slam is fucking in heaven. Um, but but I think like some some of the I think this is a good time for me to kind of get into some of my bigger issues with the movie. Yeah. Is like we and I think part of the reason it fell a little flat for me was here's my thing. I am notorious for believing in this in video games or um, movies, whatever. If there is a child. You can get it if you don't want to kill it. He kid, means kill it. Not, yeah. yeah that, <laughs> let's emphasize if, what he means by yeah, get here's it. Here's my thing <laughs> is if you want to put a child in a universe yeah. with deadites, mm-hmm. which has never been done before, mm-hmm. they have to be as susceptible as everybody else's or it just like takes away from how scary the deadites are. Right. Like in Fede Alvarez's, what was so fucking crazy about that movie was how fucking abhorrently gruesome it was. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got Eric taking fucking nail gun shots to the face and a crowbar like ripping through people's hands mm-hmm. and like all this shit. And I think adding kids to that made him more afraid. Yeah, there was a kid that was chewing on glass mm-hmm. and throwing up black shit. And they stabbed the oldest one in the chest, which mm-hmm. at that point, I just believe that that one was 18. <laughs> one of them got like a broken piece of wood through the back of the skull too, like in the mouth and out the oh, other yeah. side too and that kind of thing. So it's like he clearly had a plan here to make sure that the youngest girl, the youngest child mm-hmm. is the one that makes it out alive and that kind of thing. And that just feels incorrect. I don't me. think deadites give a fuck. I also just don't think that, and, and I this is very hypothetical and like, generally speaking but Mm -hmm. in my head if there is a a scenario like this in a horror movie the one least capable of defending itself probably is the one that goes early totally you know what i mean totally so because for cassie which was the youngest one mm -hmm. part of the reason that she never you know got ganked in the beginning of the movie is she was the one that was always kind of coveted in another room Mm -hmm. and she was kind of put to the wayside Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah she got 
choked at one point, which was 100% her fault. Right. Because <laughs> she trusted her mom on the other side of the locked door and opened it for her. And it's like, dude, like, you, for like 20 minutes of this movie, all of you thought your mom was dead. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, and then it's just like, it. you just watched her stab and like your sister with a fucking tattoo gun and come after your brother and you're like, put a knife or no, it was a uh, piece Scissors. of the mirror. No, it was the mirror. The mirror. Okay. The mirror is what went oh, through yeah, yeah. Uh, Beth's hand. Right. And yet you like, cause this kid had to be like 10 or 11. And I'd like to think that my God kid wouldn't do something that fucking stupid. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, there was that point that at the beginning where um, uh, she cuts the head off the doll, and you know what I mean. There's yeah. al- there's already yeah. that thing established that she has this capacity to go a little bit over the edge with the violence and shit mm-hmm. like that. And I wonder if that was anything deeper than just establishing that for what it was. But this the and the and no and I just I 100 percent agree with you. I think that was what made or one of the aspects of what made the early seasons of Game of Thrones so strong mm-hmm. is there's that sequence in King's Landing. I think is where it is where they kill all of the sons for fear of a uh, uh, a legit a future rebellion, right? Uh, or a legitimate king that's walking the streets, kind of like a you know diamond in the rough sort of character. You right. know what I mean? And they're just they're killing children on screen. You know what? And it's totally it makes you feel like nobody is safe, right? Yeah, and I, and I would like to point out that we're not advocating murdering fucking children. <laughs> yeah, of course. It, it, and again, it's just like if you're building this world and that's the gravity of it, you're taking away from the gravity by not being inclusive to that because i'm no longer afraid of anything happening to cassie and Mm -hmm. cassie and beth are the only two characters that i care about at all in this movie whatsoever in the first place just start to finish i just didn't give a shit about anybody else and that's fine but it's like it seemed like the writing was on the wall from the very beginning yeah you know what i mean and that's just that's kind of one of those things where it just makes me go nah and honestly, like in the final scene, just to jump to that for a minute, when you have like, you know, the giant amalgamation of deadite body, mm-hmm. it looked like the, kind of a cool creature, right? It straight. Actually, I'm pretty sure they just ripped that from Elden Ring. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that monster yeah. before. That looks like a soul's boss. You're yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there would have been more gravity to Beth's character for me if she couldn't save Cassie. Mm hmm. Because um, it's one of those classic like Indiana Jones moments where they're trying to get out of the yeah. parking garage and they both they both actually get under and then the hand like grabs Cassie mm-hmm. and rips it back. And then uh, you see uh, Beth kind of looking into the parking garage and you mm-hmm. just kind of see uh, uh, Cassie like flail up and go. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and she- what? Yeah. And then they take the time to like drag her into this fucking like truck. That's yeah. like one of the doors is open on the side and like uh, so I guess she can watch <laughs> it yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. But I just don't believe that, you know, this thing like starts a chainsaw, which for some reason was in the back of this truck. It it I, I took me a second to put it get together, too. And I feel like you're also there. But that was the dude earlier with the shotgun that was like, mm-hmm. I can't. Uh, do you have any tools in your truck? Yeah, but I can't. You know, they're in my truck. Because he was a lumber right. dude. Because we had the we we did have the wood chipper connected to the back of the truck. When I saw the chainsaw come up for the first time, I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? Because <laughs> I hadn't put it together yet. It's like that sword in the stone moment. Yeah. <laughs> And at least, I mean, you know it's coming, right? You know oh, there's yeah. going to be a shotgun and a chainsaw at some point in an mm-hmm. Evil Dead movie, so. Yeah, and they brought the shotgun in early, and I 
this 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 is, was my favorite scene when you see the shotgun for the first time the way this was shot the, yes so it for me it was a catch-22 so i want i want to hear what you loved about it because i did love seeing him come out of the the side character that was in his apartment come out with the shotgun mm-hmm. so t- tell me a little bit about what you really enjoyed about that what i like about this is this style of um cinematography where you're making things happen off screen but keeping the focus of the camera in one location it's not like this kid got killed off screen or this person got killed off screen it's like we're being forced to look through the perspective of a i, I guess it's called a peephole and a door mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it has a yeah, technical it's term. not nearly as pervy as right being a peeper. it sounds pervy <laughs> and that's why i was checking um but you're looking through this as mom is locked outside and trying to get back in the house so she can kill everybody. Um, kind of the neighbors intervening and mm-hmm. they'll run after her, knock her down, and then she'll go off screen and then you'll see a body fly across the peephole viewpoint and that sort mm-hmm. of, you know. And then the guy finally comes in with a shotgun and you see the flash and the reaction because it's dark and it was just a really cool mm-hmm. moment. And then you see him come back and then there's another shot when he gets knocked down and killed and all, you know what I mean? And it's all of this is condensed. It feels like um, that hallway sequence in the first episode or first two episodes of Daredevil where you're mm-hmm. just looking down the hallway and there's just bodies flying in and out of rooms and that kind of when the fights happen right, it's right, so right. sick yeah that kind of that kind of cinematography just makes me hard I don't, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just fun because you're forced to be glued to the screen even yeah. if nothing consequential is happening during those moments you're forced to look at it like it mm-hmm. is so I'll be the first person to say I I do agree with you I really liked that style choice I do wish it bounced a little bit more mm-hmm. in between the two because again i think with what i was saying earlier about like kind of taking away the gravity of like what deadites fucking do to people with you know with the kids and how it feels like you know the director and writers kind of backed off a little bit and took away some of that yeah. gravity i th- i would have liked to have seen some of that style of cinematography but having a little bit more of like the brutality to like kind of back it up like even if it's just a quick clip of her like shoving her hand through somebody's mm-hmm. chest or some shit like that because like for for me it, that's that was the part for me where like it just never quite got there yep because they're like and i'm really not a I mean, i talk about it on the show all the time like i am not a guy who watches eli roth movies you know mm-hmm. what i mean like i'm not here just, just to watch people get cut up in creative ways. Yeah. But this is the evil fucking dead, yeah. my guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. And and I were you going to add anything else? Sorry, I jumped in. Well, but yeah. I was just to say, like, you know, you went from like a movie that started off with zero budget and was still mm-hmm. the bloodiest movie of its time to being directed by Fede Alvarez, who worked with Eli Roth mm-hmm. and fucking Ty West. Mm-hmm. And like. I don't know. I was just expecting a little bit more of like that bloody glory. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the consensus with everybody. It's like, unless mm. you just really love this movie for whatever reason, there isn't a whole lot to the plot either. And it's not no. like, it's not like that's a traditional thing for evil dead, but par- yeah. part of, part of what I expected from this movie is to take again, the mo- everything got modernized except the writing style was very just, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of beef going on between the casting and the, the main characters and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And they ultimately have to put their bullshit aside to save each other, you know, and that's kind of just the trope with evil dead. Right. Right. Um, you know I what ju- you're getting into. I just wanted a little bit more. And again, I don't mind watching a horror movie where there isn't much of a plot, but like it, it, I feel like we've already talked about everything that happens in this movie. <laughs> 
and that's it. Aside from some, you know, special effects and practical effect shots and mm-hmm. things like that that are here and there, which we can talk about in a minute. But I just that was kind of it. And the movie ends with uh, the the chainsaw and the shotgun ultimately, you know, killing the mom who's amalgamized mm-hmm. with all the other dead bodies and the deadites in the in the apartment or I guess it was an apartment building. Um getting thrown into a wood chipper, head cut off and everything, and our girl Beth gets her like redeeming moment. Mm-hmm. She saved Cassie, and that's it. And then after that, we get a cut back to the same parking deck, um, and a girl is on the phone with her friend, and they're talking about the weekend away at the lake house and mm-hmm. everything, and like she sees the creature rush her again. And this is a callback to the introduction of the movie where our, this girl is... There's it's evil dead shit. She basically gets right. killed. She's throwing up calm. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, it is what it is. Yeah, because we get the end of the movie at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and with the big evil dead rise. I did think that that shot was cool with the dead. Oh, r- it was gorgeous. R- rising up out of the lake with the title card coming up mm-hmm. behind the tree line was dope. Yeah, and, and that's uh, a, mo- a modernization that I really fucking enjoy. Um, and I, I, w- I will say, like, uh, to the note of this movie. I feel like the writers did a really good job of maintaining the style in which the Deadites spoke and what they spoke about. Like, Some of those key phrases come back into play too. Yeah, and and not just like like uh, the Easter eggs of like Dead by Dawn and shit like that, which mm-hmm. I loved, but even referring back to, you know, w- one of the creepiest lines to me in uh, the 2013 remake is when uh, Jane Levy's character is getting buried and she's just like, you know, mom hates you, right? She's down here with us in hell. Mm-hmm. And they made a comment in this one too, where it's like, mom's waiting down in hell yeah, with the and, maggots. And, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's not even, yeah. They, they, and they reference that a couple times and it just kind of builds that world of like, in my head, when someone is possessed by a deadite, your soul is in hell. And right. That's fucking terrifying. Right. Because the, there's no way to prevent it. You're just either the target for the beginning of this or you're fucking not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to talk about um, some theories real quick. I don't know if you surmise that's, any. That's perfect because I, I have one as well that I'm kind of putting together. And as we're going along with this and I'm thinking about the movie for a second time. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to start? Uh, I think that Ash Williams is an entity and not a person Mm -hmm. because we've seen the chainsaw and the shotgun brandished by multiple people at the end of the movies that are disconnected from one another from a family standpoint, from a bloodline standpoint. And I think this is kind of the only thing that I know to compare it to, and this is also a bad comparison because this does seem to be family-based, but that Terrifier 2 shit Mm -hmm. where one person is an entity and one person is another entity and they echo through time. Mm-hmm. I think the same is true with this. When deadites rise, there ultimately is an Ash Williams equivalent that has to rise too to put a stop to it. Totally. Right. And I think that that's what we're seeing. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a very cool, like introspective concept. Somebody I has think. to become the green lantern. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You had Mia, Beth, mm-hmm. Ash, um, I, I will say the theory that I wanted to talk about a little bit was uh, they make a comment uh, or I guess Bruce Campbell makes the comment where he's like, well, you know, it comes down to um, oh, uh, Bruce Campbell on the record as, you know, one, I think it said it take, took place in like 1925 or something like that. And they were discussing the fact that they had found one of three books. Mm-hmm. 
of the Necronomicon, and but I cannot remember for the life of me what they called the one that was in the book. Because here's where I kind of lose it a little bit. Um, between Evil Dead 1 and 2, like the originals, there was the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, and then there was the uh, Necronomicon Demontu. I think Demontu was in the first one. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but that's already two different Necronomicons. Right. So for me, it's like, and then, you know, you have Fede Alvarez's, which was very clearly different, like different book style, different binding, different, like even just structure of the pages. Cause this, mm-hmm. like this one looked like a picture book. <laughs> yeah. Like it looked like a, like coloring book for serial killers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just really interested to see how they play on this, um, because are they going to take Rise as a new series Mm -hmm. and cut the idea of everything being canon, and now it's the story of finding these three books, Mm -hmm. or have we already discovered all of the books? Yeah. So it's, I'm not sure where they want to go with that. Um, I just hope it's not a multiverse thing because <laughs> I'm thinking about what you're saying and comparing it to what I just said about there being multiple entities that play the Ash role. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that it isn't across different universes. You know what I mean? Oh, and, totally. Because I'm just, I'm sick of that. I just, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not here for like interdimensional demons and shit. I don't want like, multiverse shit anymore. Y- y'all can stop with that. I'm so ready for like fucking Doctor Strange to like drop in and start fighting deadites and shit. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Again, it undermines everything. And that was always what I'll, I'll go on this tangent for a second and we can come back. But that was always what my biggest problem was with comic books in general is when you kill a character off, somebody else takes the character, starts writing a new story with them and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And there has to be some conclusive writing. I get with movies, mm-hmm. especially horror movies, you never know what's going to hit and you never know what you're going to be able to generate from a revenue standpoint to justify making a movie. So there just should be some semblance of finality to every movie. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that way you don't have to worry about it as much. <laughs> well, in, in, in that same sense, you know, um, I'm fine with things being like lightly open ended. You know what I 100%. mean? hundred like, percent. But I think you can have that and have conclusion as well. Yeah, totally. It was like uh, the end of actually just Evil Dead 1 when you have the fucking the, uh, you know, sky creature camera coming down and then mm-hmm. just like coming into Ash's face and then we cut to black. You right. Know? We don't know what happens from there. Right. Which that's a whole other canon thing that I don't understand. Because then um, we cut to Universe 2 Ash Williams and we have <laughs> Evil Dead 2 and this one's a little sillier. And that, you know, <laughs> Yeah, but then you watch uh, fucking Ash versus Evil Dead and they make references to both of the movies. Right. And with reoccurring characters from both of them. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's so fucking confusing. It is confusing. Um, and part of me also would completely buy... That it's just sloppy and consistent writing. <laughs> it's just unintentional, you know. What happened? We made a bunch of money and didn't think that we were gonna right. Do that. <laughs> right. Star Wars released an entire trilogy like that. <laughs> Y'all can do whatever you want to do. Though still planning it with like you know four, five, six. God damn it! But yeah, no, I agree. I would like to see. I I want to see a little bit more lore explored because I mm-hmm. feel like this is a thing that's consistent with Evil Dead movies. Um, where we don't really see, maybe aside from Army of Darkness, but we don't really see anything but the same tropes playing mm-hmm. out over and over again. Like, I, I get 
how this universe operates right. in its most basic form because I've seen that movie five times. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I want to see more grand scale shit. Mm-hmm. Right. So a question I'll pose to you that I'm, I'm just thinking about now is with the uh, sect of books or the Torah de Ex Mortis is what I think they called mm-hmm. it. Um, or I don't think day is Latin, but fucking anyways, Deus, Deus, <laughs> Deus Latina. <laughs> um, do you think that the books do different things? Mm-hmm. And Cause part of the reason I ask is, uh, there's a comment that's made again in the record where it's like, we've tried everything and nothing's happening. Right. But we've seen before in every other iteration of evil dead that it's like, Oh, well, um, stabbing them through the fucking head works, setting them on fireworks. But we saw, like, uh, when Bridget becomes a deadite, she takes a fucking, like, cast iron through through yeah. the fucking skull. Mm-hmm. And they just, like, wrap her up and she comes back later. Mm-hmm. Same thing happens with Mom when she takes scissors to the dome. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I don't understand how we win this. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, yeah, and... and- I, I, part of that to me again unless there's an intense level of like subversion and intentionality behind all of this i really do think that it's just inconsistency with you oh, know, totally they have totally. to keep leveling up the deadites to make them more threatening than they were in the first movie then kill you the know fucking I mean? kid right <laughs> right and here we are back to square one again if he if they had ripped Cassie in half, I would have been terrified. Sure, <laughs> but the the deadites or the books have to do different things, or at the very least, be like evolving constantly, mm-hmm. for a lack of a better way of putting it. Because the again, the virus has to survive, right? Mm-hmm. And so it may just be that he it, lives in you, right? It may just not be he any deeper than a, a virus thing, because that's ultimately what this is. Is like it's like pseudo possession. It's it's you know demonic in nature certainly right the conda virus right yeah (laughs) so i I, yeah i'd buy that k1n1 (laughs) nice that's the one that's the one that's the one market i will say the only thing i want to say is we did like uh when uh cassie has a pair of scissors that she stole from her mom. She like slides it under the bed. I was like, mark that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I want y'all to know too, that it was us and uh, two of John's friends. Uh, do you want to like, go ahead and give the shout out Jamie and who Jamie and Justin, Jamie and Justin, baby. Yeah. That was a, that was a blast. I met um, both of those dudes once or twice and I feel bad. I don't know their names by heart, but well, that's probably cause you got shit faced at my birthday, which yeah. I did as well. That was also last September. So. <laughs> right. Um, but do yeah, you remember I do the 21st night, right? <laughs> um, yeah, that was a memorable night for more than one reason. We'll go into that. That needs to be its own episode. But we were in this theater with with us four and a, one couple, I think, who were one row ahead of us. <laughs> they could have gone anywhere. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they loved our Over under. Yeah. Over under. This is just a general movie question. has nothing to do with Evil Dead. Would you rather sit in a theater with your friends alone and watch a movie? Or would you rather do like 
the big full house experience seeing like a Marvel movie for the first time I opening night. I completely agree. I complete. I I don't mind a little bit of chit chat during the movie, especially if people are just giggling and like making yeah, comments totally, quietly. Totally. But which is what we do. We're not fucking loud when we go to theaters. Yeah. I am sick of the stand up and applause and cheer when somebody does something cool on mm-hmm. screen. That whole react to movies live in theaters thing is the most disrespectful shit like if everybody's on the same page that's great but i guarantee you in all of those clips and all those theaters there's four or five people that are just trying to fucking watch the movie and aren't trying to like treat it like the ball just dropped on new year's eve right (laughs) you know because it's always just one guy too i know like i've had a visceral reaction in a movie before and like but that's happened to me like once yeah it was toy story three nice 110 percent. they were all about that down for me oh they were uh I had gone with some friends and uh, they were all probably like three years younger than me or something like that. And uh, creep. <laughs> don't know what to I'm, tell you. I'm kidding. I feel you. Church is a weird place, man. Dude, That's you, why I stopped going. You knew the people I was in a band with <laughs> last year. So. <laughs> um, so we went to see Toy Story 3 and I don't think it hit them with the same gravity that it did for me. And uh, it was the scene where all of the toys are about to get melted. Yeah. And I stand up in the middle of this theater that's like full of fucking six-year-olds and shit. (laughs) And I just go, I did not wait 10 fucking years to watch all my favorite toys fucking die. (laughs) (laughs) And I shit you not. How silent was it after you? Oh, it gets so much better. Hell yeah. like the movie itself after i said that didn't even skip a beat mm-hmm. all you heard after my outbreak was the claw and it comes down and saves everyone and right. i was like oh god <laughs> <laughs> i had a parent like tap me on the shoulder from behind and be like so how do you feel about that and i was like i looked at his kid and i was like how do you feel about that <laughs> Yeah, I have one. That, no, and that's fair, man. Because like that, I uh, visceral, rea- genuine emotion, emotional responses have to be honored in society. I'm sorry, you have to. If somebody, yeah. you know, you got to give people credit where it's due. If they're, gonna, if they're, <laughs> you were fucking pressed. Apparently, <laughs> we were also two hours into this fucking movie, yeah. and we thought. I mean, to me, that's a way to end it. Is all the toys are holding hands. And they just, I like, I'm getting chills thinking. No, that would have been the that would have been the <laughs> darkest, craziest thing ever. And Pixar is not a stranger to killing off fan totally. favorite characters, and you absolutely could have gotten away with that. And that, <laughs> I will say that the end of Toy Story three was a pure, beautiful moment sure, for totally, me. Totally. Ultimately, the story is about letting eventually people go their separate ways, and that doesn't mean your life ends. Yeah. That's an important thing for kids to have a grip on. Same with yeah. Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Hundred percent, but no, that's that's true. And anyway, I just I love the theater experience today. Yeah, totally. So I just I think it's matinees are the way, baby. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Final thoughts. What do you think? Um, I think this is a movie that's worth seeing in theaters. Um, the only other thing that I will talk about as a final thought is I was really let down by the cheese grater. Yeah, because it was. I was thinking about that too. So South by Southwest was when they did their premiere, or Evil Dead Rise did their premiere at South by Southwest, Mm -hmm. and had um, little gift bags, and the gift bags were full, or each one had a mini cheese grater in it. And I was like, that was the part that they were hyping up. 
more than anything else. And like people were going to have this visceral reaction to it. Like I could feel it in my bones that this was supposed to be like a chainsaw moment. For yeah, 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 yeah. And in my head, I had actually like designed the shot, like how <laughs> I would do it. And like, by the, by the way, first it, mistake. <laughs> yeah. I, I, God, I know. God, I know. Um, but I imagined like, like almost not like a quick action, but a, and not slow-mo, but like a slower action of the, uh, thing coming down and just like a slow peel mm. and then like seeing the fucking pieces of skin kind of roll yeah. into mm. it like that's what that should have been because instead it was just like yeah <laughs> and instead it looked like she had fallen off of her bicycle really hard you know what i mean it, it looked like it looked like a really really moderate case of road rash oh totally, you know and totally. it was just like okay great no pun intended but great but other than that like i think people should go see the movie i think i think it was a lot of fun i don't think that it is by far by far it's probably at the bottom of evil dead movies this is my le- this is my least favorite evil dead movie i will yeah. say that i do agree with that part i i disagree Unless you just want to go see this for the sake of supporting the people that are in it and the people that made it, go for it. I don't think that this is one that needs to be seen in theaters. I'm glad that it got into theaters sure. because I had a good time, and maybe you will too. Maybe this is just a piss poor take. I don't know, but I don't think that there's anything cinematic that happens that is necessary to see it on a big screen and that surround sound shit. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. I it's just whatever. But if you're looking for something to do, that's probably the best horror movie that's out right now. It's Evil Dead. You get what you pay for. You know, soon Wolf Hollow will be so. Yeah, true. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you once again for joining us at Under the Floorboards, where it creaks, it cracks, and we laugh with the creatures that go bump in the night.